Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag Podcast, plowing through the manure online. There's a lot of friends. A lot of manure. Yeah. Yeah. Is it that time of year for you, Jen? It it is. Well, and yeah, I think it's that time for everybody. And so there is a lot of shit. If you ask me, people just bicker. People get ants in their pants and then they bicker. (laughs) And so there's like literal spreading of shit and then figurative spreading of shit. Yeah. Depending on the niche you're hanging out with in social media or niche. Niche. Right. I don't know what it is. Rednecks say niche, I guess. Right, I guess that's the way. Just like crick or creek. Uh, Karen's also here. Yep. Hi, Karen. Hello. How you doing? I'm not a morning person, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it's early for Karen. It is 7.15 Central Time. So um, everyone say a tiny prayer that she's able to ingest caffeine. Do you drink coffee, Karen? No, I don't. Drinker? I usually just drink, drink iced tea. Caffeine? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay. I drink iced tea, and then okay. I drink that Crystal Light with caffeine. Oh, that's Crystal what I'm Light drinking this caffeine? morning. Yeah, they're, they're little packets that have caffeine. Yeah, there's an adult version. Yeah. Hmm. Did I not know that. Those. I love them. That's what I'm drinking right now. I'm drinking green tea right now that I got from Amazon because I used to drink Nest Tea iced tea powder, and apparently they discontinued it because everything that's good in my life has to, Ew. you know... What? You don't like like instant iced no. tea? You're not a fan of Nestle? Oh, mm-hmm. oh wow. Oh, nope. Karen. No, yeah, no, no, fresh no, no, brood. No. That's how oh. I go. Yep. Really? Yeah. God, you're a diva. Pinky's out while you drink your fresh brewed iced tea. Mm. Well, I cold brew it in the fridge, but yeah. <laughs> I'm like, throw a quarter cup of iced tea mix in there. If it doesn't curl your toes when you drink it, you're not doing it. Oh, right, my dad so. used to drink that but when we were little. I'll take fresh brood. I just am lazy. So I buy the powder stuff. But anyway, now that we've kind of crossed that path, Colton is right now eating his breakfast. Dude eats three eggs a day wow. in the morning for breakfast. Poultry yeah, farmers, thank you. Amazing. Yeah, we go through, we, so that's why we bought the chicks. Uh. I won that battle. <laughs> yeah. So. I kind of was able to convince him. I'm like, we go through like three dozen of eggs a week. We really should start providing our own. So I'm halfway to homestead. So, so pulling a Chris Campbell here, have you priced what the coop cost you and the feed and the upkeep and the <laughs> chicken? No, because themselves. I get immense joy and you can't get an and, ROI on okay, joy. There, there is, you're right. There is no... Yeah, you know, return of investment <laughs> on joy, but suck you it, know. Chris. You can tell Chris that with uh, with your I, cattle too. I'm like, just I need more. That's cattle. true. Yeah, like I'm just that's, saying that somebody else washes the shit, the chicken shit off that egg for you, and that's why I pay for grocery. That's why you eggs. pay the extra. Probably the first time I have to pull a shitty egg out of a nest, I'll be like, "Screw this noise, we're going to the store." Like, yeah. so, but I my favorite's my two ducks. Cause I just bought ducks randomly, not because I figure on eating their eggs or anything. They're just cute. And their names are Gladys and Virginia. And so Gladys is the brown one and she's always shaking her little tail. And it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yellow duck is Virginia, but I still call her yellow duck because apparently my husband rubs off on me. But anyway, today's supposed to be a quickie. So talking about iced tea and ducks really doesn't get us to the, the end. Uh, we are us and we before i forget are part of the super awesome global ag network um where you can find all of the world's best podcasts 
every single last one of them. And uh, globalagnetwork.com. You can now set up user accounts, which is kind of a big deal. Like, you can get news and stuff. Learn about what the Girls Talk Ag podcast is up to, which is yeah. concerning. If you know, please because... tell us. Thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. We could use yeah. some help here. I could really use someone to kind of give me direction A in my existence. personal assistant. So, Wouldn't that be amazing? Right? If you just had a little, I don't even know what you'd call them, just someone to say, I just want someone to follow me around and go, now you need to go here, Jen, and this is what you need to do. I need oh that today after yeah. we have Grandparents Day, and then one has soccer practice, one has a soccer game, and then it's all to the talent show. So forgive me, but I am praying for rain, at least on the Lower Park Eureka soccer field for today. <laughs> right, just for today. Just some lightning, maybe cancel that up. But not make it too difficult, you know. Same. Not affect the fields know. around it, I, but yeah, just this, the soccer field. Yeah. This week, this morning, the speech therapist was like, can we get together at 9.30 on Thursday? I'm like, yeah, that's fantastic. No problem. Sounds great. We'll plan on it. And then I got a text message like no more than five minutes later about my doctor's appointment today at 10 a.m. And I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Thank God for texting two days ahead or else I'd always double book myself when it comes to that sort of stuff. So, but anyway, we want to discuss African swine fever today. We haven't really touched on it. I feel like I have like continuously on every egg market show since, you know, like last August, but we haven't talked about it. Right. And so we've got some unique perspective. Jen is involved in the hog industry. She's also traveled overseas. There's been a conversation about overseas travel and, and contamination and concern. Um, Karen obviously is invested in the fact that will this influence grain prices going forward? And if it does, what does that mean, you know, as a whole? Um, so I figure. Yes. Will I yeah, be uh, agronomist right? this season or will I have to be a grief counselor? That's always my wonder going into the season. Oh, I think, well. Welcome to the grief counselor role forever. I don't know. That's how I feel as a market person anymore. Like, because no one ever nails the highs. And so everyone's always sad at some point in the year. So I'm like, it's okay. You did real good. At least you tried, you know, that sort of shit. Um, but so African swine fever, you know, when we were traveling and doing a lot of market talks in January, I would say, who's heard of African swine fever? And you know, the beginning of January, a couple hands would kind of pop up in a group of 25 to 50. And then towards the tail end of January, you could tell it had really been discussed a lot more because most everyone would kind of have their hands shoot up. And, and, you know, and, and so, you know, I was at the start, I'd be like, okay, well, if you're not familiar with it, you need to get familiar with it because it's kind of the 500 pound gorilla in the room. And, uh, it's actually turned into like the 1500 pound grill in the room, I would say. I mean, it's, it's a wild card. So it's, it's really interesting in the sense that we have the China trade deal, which in and of itself is an unknown and a wild card. But in addition to that, you have the world's largest hog herd that sits in China and the world's largest pop population. I think they're still the world's largest, right? India hasn't beat them yet. Have they? No. You guys are still than me. No. Karen? I expect Karen to know shit like that. Like Karen, do they talk about that on Dateline? <laughs> Not yet. Maybe Friday night. Oh, yeah. Let me know. But in any event, they have a huge amount. They have a lot of people and they've had an extensive growth in their middle class over the last two decades, basically, since the year 2000. 
And in a growth in middle class, you have an extensive growth in what people eat, right? When you have access to more money, you pay more for food. You eat more meat. Not more as a whole, but you eat, yeah, you eat more meat. You have more money to spend on yummy things like meat and, um, you know, specifically the hunger for pork has grown, which I am doing keto now because you have to tell everyone um, about it, not yet doing CrossFit, but I'll work on it and get my Instagram set up. But, um, you know, I eat bacon for breakfast every morning and I can see why you would want to spend some money on extra bacon. None of this turkey bacon bullshit either. I have, I have seen the light I've crossed over. Oh my gosh. Angie has come around. Yeah. Oh my God. I love bacon. We buy two packs, like two packs a week and that's just my consumption, but it works. I've lost weight. But anyway, um, so the growth in the hog herd and in the 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 population of hogs as a whole in in China is just it's mind blowing, you know. And to put into perspective the idea of losses that the country has seen, um, you know, some of the the information that came out overnight was that they have seen a, a reduction in their herd as a whole of about 134 million pigs, um, which is a horrible lot, yeah. To put that into perspective, the entire like harvest last year, the slaughter in the U.S. last year was about 123 million, and that was a record, I believe. So we've hit like max, which obviously this year I we just continue to grow and and harvest, obviously. But um, we had a, har- a a harvest that was record large, and the loss in China. This isn't the the production. This isn't the the harvest or anything like that, the loss due to African swine fever has outpaced our harvest. So it's pretty big, kind of a big deal, right? Um, You guys, like, which direction do you want to go with this? Like, I mean, what questions or what are you seeing? Well, let's start, you know, let's start and talk about what African swine fever is. It's a virus, you know, and as we know, in humans, viruses you know, mostly just have to run their course. So um, there's some good information from the pork checkoff and then also from the Iowa State, um, the Iowa State University Center for Food Safety and Public Health. Now, the reason that this is kind of coming to play is that, you know, originally they thought China would only have around a 5% loss, but I think now it's up to like 20%, which is the big number that you were talking about. And, um, you know, the big key is that we don't want it to come into the U.S., but it was it was recently where there was a lot of pork was found in a um, container of ramen noodles and the uh, border, not the border patrol, the customs agents obviously found it before it came into play. But, you know, they found that one. Was there any more that came in? I mean, the biggest thing that could happen to the U.S. pork industry is if this virus got here to North America. So... What? Wait, why was there pork in the ramen noodles? I'm confused. Yeah, somebody was trying to sneak it in. Yeah, there was basically like, there's like a black market. uh, It's a black market ramen noodle. Yeah, basically. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like they were, um, it wasn't like they were hijacking necessarily like cuts of bacon or whatever, like that, that extent. But there was pork based. I mean, there is there is a flow of that, and that's a concern. And I think we had someone find they had uh, something in their suitcase too. March nineteenth. Here it is, March nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Following last week's discovery of the shipment of pork from China, um, 
National Producer Council for Prevention of the Spread of African Swine Fever a top priority. So the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol intercepted a shipment. Um, yeah, and I believe that was the one that was found in a container that was labeled as ramen noodles only. Not that I'd really want to, you know, get some black market pork. I don't. Yeah. I didn't know that yeah, was a thing either. Yeah, just delicious ramen noodles. I, I don't. I didn't either. Why? I can't even. Oh, there was whatever. a conversation that, like, like, and I, it's like oh. you you don't know what could be considered racist anymore. So you always want to be careful. But there was a conversation like like Chinatown would you know like some of that, but um. It, there's black market everything you know what i mean like that's really when it comes down to it like um i just got a swimsuit that came directly from china and i had to like test to make sure it didn't have any bacon hidden in it or something you know right um, any type of but hog. It's, so yes yeah. it's a virus and the thing is it's, an, it's it, entirely deadly to hogs so like as soon as a hog gets it doesn't affect die. humans but it yep. does not affect humans nope. yes and so they can carry uh, it on their person but it does not affect you yes so the um the the biggest thing is, is is you know where it originated basically was in africa was i think where it was first discovered and it made its way somehow which i haven't really bridged that gap from africa to russia so let's draw connections here back to, you know, basically when China started to snub us from an agricultural standpoint due to Russian production increasing in price, you know, kind of incentive, especially with logistics and things, they started really increasing the import of food from or feed from the Black Sea region. China did. Um, so there you have it. You know what I mean? Though I'm not saying necessarily that there has been a what is that the monkey that everyone's looking for that you know where it's like there's the monkey that started human development or whatever but still that's the idea right now is that that's really kind of how it started and the thing that's most interesting is a lot of chinese hog production is done via backyard um herds so basically you have a small amount of of hogs you know on on a, a person's property and I always kind of have said in the, the past that it's basically like, and this shows how redneck I grew up, um, my grand, great-grandparents my, on my dad's side never bought pedigree dog food, because, or any kind of dog food for that matter, because their dogs ate basically what was left over from dinner. So you had a pie tin sitting on top of the wood stove, and that was, you put the food scraps, and at the end of the day, every day, that's what the dog ate. And uh, there was no non-GMO grain-free BS that my great-grandma gave their coon hound. It was just, here, eat this and like it. But that's a lot of how the, the hogs have been fed in those backyard hog herds in China. So what the concern is with the spread is that it started in the pork. Humans can eat pork with that is infected with ASF with no issue, not even knowing that it's necessarily present, and then feed the scraps to their hogs and then your disease spreads. So that was the idea at first, you know, was that was what was going on. And so it was like, oh, it's okay. It's just backyard herds. We're going to focus a lot on, you know, the areas that we're working with, with biosecurity, 
you know, all of this stuff. We don't have to worry about it. It's just backyard herds. We'll go ahead and crack down on backyard herd productions in these provinces infected, blah, 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 blah. And then it hit that Dutch hog herd that had like 75,000 head on site and produced over 300,000 a year. And suddenly it wasn't about the biosecurity issues anymore. And remarkably, not long after that announcement was made, you stopped really hearing about new cases um, being announced in China. And then suddenly we heard about it in Vietnam. Vietnam has about 30 million pigs. Um, and they have had since the 1st of March, 550 confirmed cases of the disease now. So that's kind of a big deal. I don't know. So it, didn't China try and keep it secret for a while? I, I don't know if they did for a while. The idea is that they they haven't been completely honest on it. The the case is shocker, right? It's China, shocker. yeah. So that's the idea because Vietnam's had 550 cases since the beginning of March. China has been dealing with it since. Um, August basically was when the first confirmed case was announced and they still are only at like 120. Well, and I think it's important to note that, you know, this has been around for decades. Mm -hmm. It's just in the news now because it hit China. Well, because yeah, I mean, it's got such an, a huge impact or it could have such a huge impact on what's taking place. Now it's also present in Belgium in the wild hog population there. And so the concern is, what does that look like if it spreads to France or Germany? And a lot of folks will say it's not if, it's it's when. Uh, we did get confirmation yesterday that a case was found outside of um, the control zone in Africa, South Africa. Um, a case was discovered in a hog herd that was like 30-some pigs. Um, wild pigs spread it. And it's a virus. So, it, I mean, you don't have to just, you don't have to ingest something to get it um i i'm believing it has to be near them. yeah some level of airborne-ness i guess you could say um and so yeah i mean the concern is real um that it can also be transmitted by ticks which would be an issue in the wild populations yes. too i would think yes mostly fluids and hogs spend a lot of time sniffing each other's asses do they are they worse than dogs yes oh gross hogs are really kind of a gross animal right yeah. i mean yeah they're delicious but they're really kind of gross um, everybody says they're so smart chris always says they don't apply themselves in because they're stupid <laughs> that is such a chris campbellism if yeah. everyone thinks they're so smart they obviously don't apply themselves yeah. um you know but the reality is um yeah, it's spread by fluids, it's spread by ticks, uh, you know, any sort of bloodborne type, you know, I would imagine like mosquitoes or anything of that nature would also contribute to the spread. And so, you know, obviously everyone's like, sweet, this is so bullish. This is really po price positive for U.S. pork. So when Which I was researching, it's also spread by, um, okay, so let's see, this was a fact sheet I found. Uh, introduced into a herd after the feeding of uncooked, undercooked, contaminated pork products were ingested, which are in when, oh my God, I've got to start over. African swine fever virus is often introduced into a herd after the feeding of uncooked, undercooked, contaminated pork products, which are ingested by the pig. So like I asked Jim Smith, I'm like, oh, what are they feeding pigs in China? And he said, uh, raw pork waste is a major Each issue. other. 
Yeah, basically. Yeah. It, basically. Man, Charlie was such and, a dick, but he's delicious. Raw. It, raw. I don't know why I said that. Yes. I, and, and it's so weird. I mean, I just can't even... I don't know. It's weird. Um, hang on a second. Where did I say Kind of a cannibalism thing? You know, like a silence of the lambs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's terrible. It's mostly, you know, what they feed over there a lot is consumer waste. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, like kind of similar to, to that's what we fed our dogs was, you know, whatever was left over scraps and things of that nature. And that not our dog, but my great grandma, my, my great grandma and great grandpa were. Their dog probably also hunted a lot on its own too. So. Yeah. And so it just kind of did its thing because that was in the eighties when no one cared what their dogs did either. (laughs) But, Here's what I was looking for. Pork has to be cooked, period. Freezing and curing does not kill the virus. I think that's interesting. It, it said it had to be cooked to a certain degree for like 30 minutes. And I'm like, that's a lot for pork. Yeah. Like, it's not even yeah. worth eating pork, honestly. Sorry. I, say, I was thinking it would be awful uh, uh, leathery by then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, but I think, cure, it, you know, freezing, I can see, does not cure, but uh, curing does not kill the virus either. That's interesting. And so, yeah. Well, and they said, too, like, when they have to wash out the barns, like, a regular disinfectant doesn't work. They have to use a specific one for this type of disease to actually, you know, get the barns disinfected. But Are they even, do they even know how to get that done? I mean, I that's because they're trying to get their arms around it. Now, the Chinese ag minister said the other day that they have, they've controlled the spread of the disease. And so you saw pork down limit or hogs down limit on like Tuesday. And that was really kind of based on that headline. We did just see this morning come out weekly pork export sales of 90.7 metric ton, or 90.7 thousand metric ton, which is a, is a shit ton. Um, China accounted for 77.7 of that. So that was like over three quarters. It's a huge amount of pork to China. And you have to remember the tariffs still on. So there is conversation now that Smithfield, obviously Smithfield's Chinese owned. This was why they purchased Smithfield, right? Is if they had a disruption in their food supply, they would then have the U.S. system to rely upon or secondary production elsewhere. So, yeah, so we saw the the uh, pork export sales this morning announced here, um, you know, Huge sales anyway, almost 100,000 metric ton. Um, and China accounted for um, over three quarters of it. So we had 90,700 90, metric ton. And China was accounting for, or China did purchase 77,000 metric ton of it. So the conversation now among industry experts is that, you know, basically Smithfield production in um, in, in California there is all going to be dedicated to um, China. Like that's all going that way. Um, And so in any time where you see a significant demand increase, you know, the the hardest part for us is going to be um, uh, slaughter capacity. You know, like you're going to bottleneck the packer. Um, And it's interesting to note that like cash values have continued to increase but packer margins obviously aren't as strong as what you would like to see, but product demand is going to continue to also increase. Um, so it's really going to be interesting to see just kind of how this entire thing plays out because we've never really seen something like this. Um, 
you know, the million dollar question is, are the Chinese farmers going to be quick to try to restock? You know, obviously, Jen, how long does it take to get a hog ready to for, for slaughter? Oh, uh, between five and six months. Yeah. So, I mean, once they're able to restock, you know, you can have a, a relatively quick turnaround, um, you would say. But for one, they've reduced their breeding stock by like 20%. Um, so they were slaughtering their sows in addition. Um, and so you're limited on on sows, obviously. How long does it take to get them ready to be bred? Same oh, good time? grief. Uh, longer than that. I mean, you get your, yeah, you get your gilts in. You don't want yeah, to. I don't even know. It's been so long since I've done gilts. You don't want to breed a gilt until she's, I think it's over a year. Okay. Which would make sense. I can't imagine, you know. Um, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. It's been a long time. But I that's, suck at kind of numbers. No, and that's but, yeah. I mean, that's the, the big question, though, is like, what, you know, how long will it take to restock the supply, even if they control the disease? Reproductive tomorrow? performance and longevity um, are optimal when guilt breeding occurs near 230 days of age. Okay. Mm-hmm. So about eight months, right? Ish, give or take. Nine I'm not doing math. Sorry. So or so. That's <laughs> I just too early for math. But you know, so that's the the question: Will the Chinese farmer be willing to restock after he lost he or she lost you know their their first round? And so you know that'll kind of rely upon how much is the Chinese government going to pay a, a hog farmer for hogs that had to be called or will have to be called. And so that was a question that came up. And obviously, I think the cash market structure in the country is going to be enough to incentivize some level of production increase. Um, but when and so how. Are they, these cases that are found, are they clearing these yes. farms yeah. out then? Yes. Yeah, they're they clearing are. everything out. If they found a case, they're clearing those out. And now, my, I know here in the U.S. Butcher, are they sending anything of butcher age to be butchered or are they euthanizing everything? Uh, they say that they're sending anything of butcher age to to be euthanized, basically. Like if they they say they're if they discover it there, it's not going into the food system. That because farm is yeah, yeah. They're working to try to test and spend. Um, they've even talked about it on. Uh, um, they've even talked about the at the processor side um testing the pork after slaughter to make sure it doesn't test positive for asf which seems like a lot of work why wouldn't you test the hog but maybe they can't maybe well they said it takes five to 21 Uh, days to incubate and there's different levels of cases you know if it's 100 percent mortality it's a really you know really what what should yeah it's really strong virus but there's also some that are like less than five percent strong so some may not have any symptoms and others may have the lesions and you may see them right away so there's like a varying level of how much they are infected so so the apparently jim smith told me the virus is very robust that is part of the reason there is no vaccine researchers found viable virus in a two-year-old wild boar carcass in poland Okay, so it hangs around in the carcass. Oh, it's yeah, and and that's I think that's then it, the carcass not, but then the fluid is the big thing. Yeah, and I think that takes us into why they ended up canceling World Pork Expo because, I mean, that trade show is huge, yeah. um, as far as people coming in from China and other countries, and 
they're, you know, it could be on your shoes and you don't even know it. I mean, that's why I think it's so important. Um, it's going to take you a little longer to get through customs, but if you've been on a farm, you better it didn't take us that long to get through. I mean, they just say, wear the shoes that you wore, you hand them over, they put them in this little liquid and you're on your way. Yeah. And that, you know, some people are like, so so I guess I always say, you know, plan for the longest amount of time you can think about and hope for the best, but let's, you know, we need to. I mean, how long it takes to get through customs, I mean, is going to depend on how many planes come in at that time. Um, and the fact that so, you get to go through the U.S. because you're a yeah, U.S. citizen, yeah. it makes it a little bit faster too. So yeah, and and there's so many trade trips now. Let's you know. Well, we were talking about that. I posted it on Twitter not long ago, and so there was someone that was part of the a pork group of some sort, and they basically were kind of like, "Oh, we didn't really go on many farms," and. I don't really have any concern about it because when I go back to my farm, I'm not going to take these items with me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and so. Well, I, but it's not, just, I don't know. It's I not mean, just I, your I farm. It's not, when you, when you leave the yeah. airport, you're still wearing those shoes. Well, you're and they getting, said that the likelihood that it could be transmitted yeah. at the show was very minimal, but they didn't even want to take that type of risk because it could literally you know, decimate the entire pork industry. So well, the optics of it, that's the other thing. Like the optics of it, you know what I mean? To have a world pork expo when we're dealing with a disease that's not yet contained that could decimate, you know, the entire global hog herd as a whole and, and you know, not to be overdramatic by any means. I mean, it's, it's a really dangerous virus to be messing around with. And so... Um, you know, you really have to be safe. I think they did the right thing. Um, it seems the commercial hog farmers are more like, yeah, 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 this is what we needed to see because that was the conversation that came up about from Twitter is, you know, yeah, the, um, this needs to be canceled. These trips need to be canceled. And then there's other members of the industry that are like, oh, nothing's wrong. But the fact is, is if the disease is discovered in the U.S., you know, from what I understand, protocol is every hog within 20 miles of the farm it's originally discovered on uh, needs to be called. So what does that look like Not for fun. someone? Yeah. In in Iowa. You know, um, how many head of hogs is that for one grower? Because typically, you know, the, the folks that own the barns in one specific area tend yeah. to own or the five barns the in county. that area. Yeah. You know, at least that was... Yeah, what I had seen, or it was my experience. Yeah, they I did mean, cancel the so, trade show due to foreign visitors. You know, However, a, they will go forward with the live show because those are just mainly, those are all U.S. pigs. Those aren't foreign pigs coming in for the show. So, yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, I think we're smart to be safe until we can figure out the vaccine, which could be five or ten years based on what I'm hearing. You know, it, it just makes sense to to... You know, and I'm not saying it has to be five or 10 years. It's not necessarily the vaccine. It's figuring out how to control the disease. And so I think we were right. Because there's no treatment and cure except for comfort care right now. Yeah, basically. And then, you know, calling them and not eating them. So I don't know. Anything else you guys want to add? I mean, for me right now, the ideas or the concern that I hear, obviously, is what does this mean for feed demand going forward? Obviously, you know, China's not going to be using as much soybean meal if they don't have as many mouths to feed. 
you know, I, I fully believe that they'll try to figure out how to maximize how many mouths they're feeding here sooner than later, even with the disease present. I don't see them completely stopping production, which was kind of the conversation that we had seen here a week or 10 days ago. Oh, farmers will not resupply. Uh, you put enough money in front of a guy, he'll, he'll repopulate his farm with pigs. You know what I mean? Now, do they want to because of the disease? I don't know. I don't know the inner workings. I'm not a Chinese hog farmer and I'm not, you know, really overly familiar with that side of the industry. But, you know, I have a feeling that as quickly as they can be breeding them and getting them to production level, they're going to be, um, you know, the export thing, it, it could be short term, it could be long term, obviously, it'll depend entirely upon when they're able to rebuild their their supply line. Um, but it'll be interesting, beef is also staying supported. That's one thing. And, and we'll have to talk about that later on, too, is, is, you know, beef demand is going to continue to increase from a spillover standpoint, especially. Um, especially if pork product price shoots higher in the store, which is probably a reality. Um, I'm going to go find myself a, a half a hog here. I'm gonna, I need to put that on my to-do list because I think my bacon's going to go up significantly at the store here. But so beef's going to get some support uh, in overall demand. And then look at the fact that we probably lost, you know, a million calves is what Secretary Sonny Purdue saying in Nebraska too. Um huh. There's a lot that's going on in the protein sector right now, folks. Like it's it's going to be really interesting to see what it all means, you know, over the next and year. And Angie started keto. Yeah. And I started keto. That's everything I do is wrong. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> Well, I'm just saying you're driving the market too. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, because I love me some bacon and cheese. Like this diet's the best diet I've ever been on. I'll go eat some pork rinds after this and be happy. So anything you guys want to add before we wrap her up? Nope. Nope. Right. Stay calm out there this spring. It's still only the second week in April. Yeah. I know things are a little bit rough, but remain calm. It will get done. It always does. That's yes. Yes. We will. We will. We will make it some way or shape or form. But in the meantime, my thoughts and prayers are, there are people that, that, you know, as a whole, it'll get done, but there are people that, you know, obviously are going to, be experiencing things they have not experienced ever on their farm. And that's, you know, I was thinking more of the I staters. I mean, obviously Eastern Nebraska and those yeah. areas. The the areas that are under Illinois snow specifically. Right now. We're looking at you, Illinois. <laughs> so, all right. With that, Jen, do you want to add anything before I No, I'm good. Good. All right. With that, uh, we'll wrap her up for the week. So have a good one. Stay safe. Stay dry, all of these things. We'll be back eventually again with some sort of gem of wisdom because that's all we ever provide you. So have a good one. <laughs>